Hi, it's Vera Krasniansky, and I'm really excited to be doing this Jewish Women Talk About Midlife, because there's so much to talk about. There's so many different aspects, and I'm really grateful to Rachel McClaman of Mass for introducing me to you, Shira, Shira Spicer, about to talk about this, everything for, uh, oh, you had a really cool name for it, and I'm forgetting what it was. Everything for every one woman. Right. Everything for every one woman is... It's a great name. And I'm really excited to be talking about that because yes, midlife kind of everything for everyone and not only not enough for ourselves. So we have so much to unpack about that. So before we even get into this topic, Shira, could you tell us a little about the work that you do for the Klal and for in your private practice? So hello everybody, I'm Shira Spizer. Currently I'm living in Lakewood, but I was living in the Midwest, and that's where I, I was a teacher in my first life. And then I felt like I was, while I was being a competent teacher, I hope, I just felt that the, my students' personal lives were getting in the way and I, of their work at school. And so I felt that perhaps I could uh, make a difference coming from a different angle. And so I went back to school. I had four children at the time, and Ha. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> it was a huge endeavor. I had to first get my undergraduate because I had two years of seminary. So I had to get my undergraduate. And at the time we didn't have any of these Jewish programs or online programs. And so I had to go to regular university and take every prerequisite and then I, I went on to graduate school and I got my master's. Um, <clears throat> Hashem was so good to me as always. And they had that year they had opened up a school social work program. And that had always been my dream. So I was, of course, I went to that part and I, um, I became, besides for the regular master's, I became a school social worker. And I've been involved with, in, you know, in social work and all of that for um, almost 30 years. And I did practice in a few different states in the Midwest. I did move a few times. Currently, I am working here in Lakewood. Um, I have a small private practice at home. And then I work at Chemed. Chemed is a medical center here in Lakewood. And then they have a huge behavioral health department. And so I work there many hours during the week. Um, and so this, this topic of the everything for every one woman um, <clears throat> is something uh, I think very near and dear to my heart, both personally and professionally. Um, I'm gonna say a little bit about how I even found out about this topic is that there was a lot of um, research in the, in the 80s and 90s about the type A and the type B personality. Right. The type A personality is the CEO, lots of responsibilities, packed schedule, lots of demands. And it turns out, and the type B, if we're just going to do this like to the extreme, is the very easygoing, very flexible, kind of goes with the flow. Um, and 
why there was so much research going on about it is because typically the type A personality has a lot of medical issues. And so insurance companies were very about how to minimize some of these very expensive and life-threatening. So, um, <clears throat> so uh, here's where I just want to clarify straight from the start that a lot of feminists, I'm not a feminist, I'm not, you know, negative Torah or anything about their viewpoints. But the, the, the feminists came up and said type A and type B are for men and women have their own category and it's called type E. And the type E stands for the everything for everyone woman. Um, there was a book that came out about it, the, the 1986 copyright. I, I, I've read it, I'm a little reluctant to show it because again, <laughs> you know, it was written by feminists and there is definitely a feminist point of view. But I do think that a from woman is the quintessential type E woman. She is the everything for everyone woman. Typically, she's contributing to the Parnassa and the family because, you know, uh, you know, for the few who Bli'ai and Hara have a very good Parnassa, maybe she doesn't have to, but even, but for most of us, <laughs> she is contributing to the Parnassa. Bli'ai and Hara, she has children, she has grandchildren. Um, two of my friends just became great grandmothers, so <laughs> it doesn't end, <laughs> Bli'ai and Hara. Um, she, um, usually has commitments for the community. You know, most from women are not an island and whether it's involvement in some chesed organization, whether involved in, in schools, whether involved in other, <clears throat> other types of most, there's no women is just an island. Everybody has commitments. And so sure enough, she is the type E woman. Everything for everyone on so many dimensions. And especially in the from world and behind her also as uh, you know Hashem has granted us longevity that we've never experienced before and so typically the type E woman might have parents um, you know to the stage that is very involved taking care of elderly parents and children grandchildren the community the type E woman. Oh, so much going on. There's so many questions that came in, but I think that we should really first talk about the type E woman and taking care of herself. Okay. So uh, the, I really wanted to thank whoever did contribute to the, you know, who did contribute because the questions each one um, is so meaningful to the type E woman and each one um, for themselves could be a discussion onto its own. And so if we do have a chance to talk about them, it's not that one was more important or one was, you know, the each one was really, really, um, uh, again, could be a whole discussion on itself. So I, I just wanna um, start off with this, idea about self-care is that one of the first things that I learned in social work school is that when you go on an airplane, 
and the flight attendant says, you know, here's the seat belts, these are the doorways, um, you know, all of that stuff, all that info. And then the flight attendant will say, in case of cabin pressure or loss of cabin pressure, then an, uh, an air mask is going to come down. And if you are traveling with, some, with small children or someone needs att um, attention, you need to put the mask on yourself first, which is counterintuitive. Hey, I got to help my kid. I got to help this elderly person, a handicapped person, whatever it is. No. You need to have oxygen, and if you have oxygen, then you can help other people. So um, let's talk about what our oxygen mask looks like, because for every person, the oxygen mask can look very different, okay? But I'd like everybody here to please think of it as oxygen. It's crucial. It's essential. You have to take care of yourself, okay? So somebody um, shared this with me. Um, if everybody could, visual, could visualize a stool that you would sit on, and then as she presented each leg, so to speak, the stool became more sturdy, okay? So here's a, um, here it is. It's a life wellness blueprint and it's self-care. And there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven legs, okay? And what I have over here are, I, I usually do this with my clients, is I get a marker. <laughs> and as we go through each leg, they tell me how much to fill in. And then we talk about how sturdy is our stool, okay? How how comfortable would somebody feel sitting on this stool, okay? So the first one is nutrition. Most of us are really careful to make sure our children, grandchildren, spouses, whoever it is that they should have their food and they should, we work so hard for Yontif to make the meals and for Shabbos. But then when it comes to us, it's two o'clock in the afternoon and we've up to our third cup of coffee, all right? So this is nutrition, the first one. And how much of that could of that leg could be filled in? Now it would be really nice to say, "Oh, I have three very well balanced meals every single day," and like I get it, you know, we're running out the door to all of these things and all these commitments. The type E woman, but we could take a a yogurt and a granola bar, you know. We could take an oatmeal packet with a banana, you know. So how much of nutrition can be filled in, all right? Okay. All right, the next one is called medical. And medical is, at this stage of our life, it's really important to have a mammogram. And again, I, I'm just saying in general, everybody has to do what their doctor you know, recommends, but it's really important to have a mammogram it's important to, I guess, have cholesterol and, you know, know a little bit about your family medical history to attend to it. So if you know that somebody knows that their family has whatever that condition is, is it being addressed? Is it being taken care of? How much of the medical? Just to add to that, 
is that as we're, we're midlife, meaning our parents are older midlife or seniors, and not to be morbid, but you know, there's it's important to find out all the medical history that you need to find out before it's going to be too late. Right. That's why I'm going to jump in and say that. Yes, and you know, for those people who are Ashkenazic and you know, descent, and we do know that the background gene is much more. Um, it happens much more in Ashkenazic women, and if there is any kind of history, we know about certain other conditions, osteoporosis, and all of that. It's really important, and that would be medical. It's also important dental. <laughs> Do people go for their, you know, biannual checkups and all of those things? Okay. All right. Uh, this is called life tools, and this is an interesting one. So. Hashem has given us the life tools. And some people have, you know, different, different ones. Some people are maybe certain talents that you have. Different people have different tolerance levels. Some people have humor. Some people have an extra sensitivity. Some people are more social. How much of the life tools are people using? All right, so if you're a sociable person, but you're so type E and you're for everything for everyone, and you haven't had a minute to talk to somebody your age, <laughs> you know, somebody that doesn't have a problem, somebody that you don't have to take care of, are you using your life tools? Okay, the next one is called, and this is how much support are you allowing yourself to take? Are you the type to have to be the quintessential type E woman and do everything yourself without anyone helping you? And this doesn't only mean finance, this doesn't even mean financial support, but this means like, does anybody help you? Do you have a cleaning lady or do you have some kind of cleaning help? Um, when you cook, does anyone help you? Does anybody, do you allow yourself to buy some of the extras or whatever it is that you either didn't have time to buy or, um, you know, for Shabbos, for Yantav, that's support. I once had a client who had twin boys who were having a lot of um, issues with um, academics. They had a very, very, very fancy last name, very fancy. These kids were, they were twins. I think they were born when she was a little bit older and she, you know, they weren't doing so well academically. It just didn't fit in with their fancy last name. And these two little boys loved to help in the kitchen, loved to help in the kitchen, but she never let. And they would love to make the salad and decorate the table and whatever it was, her kitchen, nobody was allowed to come in, okay? So that's support. The next one is exercise. Now, wouldn't it be nice if we can go to the gym every day, two hours, work out, do Zumba, do uh, weight lifts, go swimming? Yeah. <laughs> but exercise means, could you walk around the block a few times a week? Could you, um, it was interesting, we once had like a program at work, it was called the Biggest Loser Club. <laughs> it was about how people could lose weight for wellness. And every day we would get some interesting tips. And one was park your car as far from the door as possible. And laundry, slapping the laundry up and down doesn't count? There you go, absolutely, you know? But again, what's the, what's the exercise? And I don't know, when people do exercise, they 
endorphins go off, <laughs> are released from the body. And these are all contributing to people's wellness and health, you know, and so what kind of exercise could people do? The next one is acceptance. And again, this is a little bit, you know, different is that every person has an asayon in their life. Nobody is exempt from any. And how are people able to accept that Nisayan? Here's the example of the most extreme example that I ever heard, that I, I know about, is that there was a queen in England, her name was Queen Victoria, and she was the queen in the, I think the 1840s for, she was the longest reigning queen until now Queen Elizabeth, but uh, she was like 60 something years. And Queen Victoria was married to Prince Albert. She never let him be the king. <laughs> she was the queen. And I think they had nine children or something. And um, Prince Albert died after they were married a very short time. Like, they're not very, but like 20 something years. And for the next 40 years, every morning, the servants would put out his clothing and his shaving stuff. And every night they would put out his pajamas and his, and that would be not acceptance. Okay. And the last one over here is structure. Now for the type E woman, this is totally not relevant. So everyone could totally color it in. Um, but that is, does, do, does your day have some kind of structure? And so typically when I work with people who are very depressed, they don't have any structure. They get up at five o'clock. You know what I mean? They get up, they don't get dressed. They don't do any self-care of personal hygiene. And so this is a problem. For the type E woman, she's overstructured and maybe she needs to reduce some of that, okay? So how could, you know, if you would color this in, it's amazing what you would see. And then how stable do you feel sitting on this stool? It's a nice metaphor. Okay. Visual of it. Right. And then typically what I'll do is we'll set a goal. A doable, achievable, something that everybody could do. So I'm just going to pick the easiest concrete example. Not the easiest to do, but the easiest to demonstrate. So a lot of people will say, like, I got to exercise. I never have time for it. I know how important it is for me menopause is really important. So I'm going to go every day to the gym and I'm going to be there for an hour. Not doable. It's not achievable. If you have so many commitments and you're the type E woman, the everything for everyone. So exercise, a doable, achievable start would be three times a week to walk outside for 10 minutes. Okay. In Florida, I, I can't imagine only doing it for 10 minutes, but, um, but again, and it should be doable. So is it 10 minutes? And then allow yourself just 10 minutes and you'll do it three times a week and it's doable. Right. And one okay. of the days could be Shabbos, you know, a, a, a nice Shabbos walk, you know, and great. And then the next week we look back and it's more to be a detective. Were you able to do it? Great. How were you able to do it? Um, 
If you weren't able to do it, this is not to put you in the corner and punish you, <laughs> but it's more to say, what got in the way? Why weren't you able to find three 10-minute segments during the week? Okay? Right. Okay. Everybody Self -care. see it? Self-care. Okay. Mm -hmm. right. um, Devorah, would it be okay if I just mentioned something else and then maybe we go could for it? Go for it and then we'll go to the questions. Go ahead. Yeah, because I think this was this was one of the questions. Um, yeah, let me just find that question. Here it is. bifocals yeah <laughs> okay here for so many years i took care of everyone and everything i want to start taking care of i want to start taking care of myself too but everyone ex expects things to be as they always were with me giving all of myself to everyone else i feel so guilty and bad that i want to do things for myself how do i let others know that i need this time uh, you know, the next question about taking care of the elderly parent and trying to be there for that parent as much. Um, the, the last question, the one other question about involved grandparents and this person who submitted it saying that she also wants to do that, but just doesn't have the time and is unable to do that. So that theme of being able to do everything and how to be able to do everything, and even about how to do some self-care. So in that book, The Type E Woman, um, this is the um, technique that they suggest, and I'd like to share it here, okay? Please. So, pardon? I said I'm intrigued, go ahead. So I'm gonna have to move back a teeny bit. All right, so here's my three boxes. Here's this huge box. Okay, here's this box. All right, well, let's see if I can do this. Whoops. Okay, so there's here's this box, and then here's this box. Okay, and here is this box. All right, okay. okay. Everybody see the three boxes? Yeah, go ahead. So this box is titled, Give It Away. Okay. This box is titled, With Supervision. And this box, the jewelry box, is only you. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's Thursday night. Tomorrow is Erev Shabbos. Wherever you are, it's still a shorter Friday. Um, I used to live in Cleveland, which is almost at the end of the Eastern time zone. So we had an extra 45 minutes. <laughs> uh, my, my parents live in Montreal, which is, you know, further north. And so Shabbos there is probably 20 minutes earlier than it is here. So we have a busy day tomorrow. Or, you know, let's just take it, have to get ready in time for Shabbos. What are some of the activities for Shabbos that you could totally give away? 
you have nothing to do with it. And this is where if we would open it up to people, I would really ask for people to give them some suggestions of what they could totally give away. You know? Um, you have any ideas that we could put in here, Dvorah? Washing the dishes, cutting the vegetables. Yeah, so help me. The help me. Help. So making the beds, I can give that away too. Uh, for well, the, but the washing the dishes, who are you going to give it away to? You have nothing to do with it. Yeah, well, you know, like that, like that pillar, the support pillar, whether I have to pay for it or bring a grandkid in. Okay. Whatever it is. Right, there you go. Or use the dishwasher <laughs> if you have one, okay? The dishes, it's, you're just totally, whether it's going to be the cleaning lady or somebody else, you're totally going to give it away, okay? Um, it's interesting when I've you know, shared this with so many different age women, and I'll have a woman who will say, feed the baby. Okay, obviously this is a little different. And I'm like, wait a minute, maybe this is an opportunity you give it away because you take care of the baby all the time. And you know, in our situation at this age of life, I'm the only one who could take care of my elderly parents. Well, maybe this is the time that a caretaker or an aide or a chesed, you know, person could come in so that Arab Shabbos, it could be given away. And notice the size of the box. <laughs> Try to put in here as much as possible. I would also think that you can put in like, not do things as perfectionist as possible. So one little layer of it can get put into that box or not even give it away, just don't do it. So I don't know if that fits in actually. What, so could you give me an example of what you're referring to? Um, this is silly, but I'm not so silly for the people who do it, but like when they set the table and everything has to be lined up just right, which takes an extra seven minutes. So it's not given away, it's just like, don't do it. So that, I guess it doesn't fit into the box. Like okay. just do less. All right, so fill up this box, everybody. <laughs> okay. This box over here, so again, just to demonstrate this, this box over here is with supervision that like other people could do it and you kind of have to keep an eye on it. All right. Um, so I'm just saying like, if you have a new cleaning lady or something like that, she's going to do it, but you just got to keep an eye and that she shouldn't, I don't know what, mix up the sponges or, <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, I once had a cleaning lady who she started right before Pesach and didn't speak a word of English, and it was a nightmare <laughs> because she came into my house and I on Pesach eating her bread sandwich, you know. <laughs> so, but typically, you know, with supervision, okay? Okay. What could be given away with supervision? All right. Um, okay. This. This is something that only I, you, can do. Nobody else in the world can do this. And again, we're using this analogy about your Shabbos preparation. Okay. So what is in this box? Now I'm going to say that typically we do this. <laughs> we do everything. Okay. And then this is what we give away. So usually, <laughs> right? The type E woman, right, does everything, okay? 
But I'm asking you, what is in this box that only myself, I am the only person in the world who could do it? Take a shower. Perfect. Our very own personal hygiene is in this box. Okay. Well, you know, whether you do put on makeup before Shabbos or try to put on makeup before Shabbos or whatever it is, that goes in here. Nobody else could do it for you. Okay. So your own personal grooming, shower, makeup, whatever it is that you need to do for yourself. All right. So that's in this box and it does take up some space. And what else is left? You are the only person in the entire universe who could do it. Yes, your personal care. And so just because of the sake of time, this is davening for your children, davening for your grandchildren, davening for your parents, davening for the people who you would like to daven, who you feel you need to daven for. So chas v'shalom, a person's in the hospital on Shabbos. Maybe when you were younger, you had a baby on Shabbos. So whoever has to light the licht in the house, they do it, okay? Mm. And it happens, the person has to be in the hospital. But on a typical Friday or before Yantif, you are the only person who could daven for your children and your the entire family. And if you've been if you've been doing this the whole day, and you you're doing all the things that you could have given away. And you're doing all of this. There's no time for you to daven for your children. Yeah. You're flying out of the shower half a second before Shabbos. You're putting on some lipstick and I don't know what, you know? And you get to, to the licht and it's one minute and oh, you, you, you forgot to put on the this and you forgot to put on the block and you forgot to this and that. And I talk to myself too, don't get me wrong. I don't think that, you know, but if everybody and I, I, you know, I specifically chose these size boxes, all right? Because davening for your children doesn't only fit in here, right? But the idea that you're the only person in the universe as a mother, as a grandmother, as a daughter, as a sister, as a friend of somebody in the community, this is you. Okay. So it's but ironic that you brought the Gourmet Glot box because Gourmet Glot can help with a lot of things. You can buy it straight from Gourmet Glot, a box full. Fantastic. That's right. Fantastic. Um, they should sponsor this one. Go ahead. You know, and again, I'm going to be very candid and, and honest here. Uh, my, my, uh, my Bobby, she came across much before, um, much before the Holocaust. So she was never in the Holocaust but she still was <laughs> very Hungarian um, and um, would never bought a scrap of food ever. She made her own crane, she made her own pickles, she made most delicious kuchens and strudels and pastries, never bought a thing in her life. I have a hard time filling up this box with food that I could buy. Because it's like, I don't know, am I allowed to, you know, <laughs> go against what my Bubby did, you know? So I'm just talking personally, you know, but on Friday afternoon and I'm working 
and I'm having company for Shabbos and the children and the grandchildren are coming, Leanhara, and I don't have time to peel the potatoes because I, I like fresh potato kogel, you know? So if I'm going to have potato kogel, I can't. This is not enough time. I'm not going to have time for this. And so I buy potato kogel. Okay. You could buy the Yukon potatoes and just don't peel them. Thank you, Jerome. So that, you know, but I, again, yeah. I don't know if I have the space in here right. for the potato kogel. That's just my, yeah, you know what I mean? It's just my personal thing, but it's like, I have to think about it. Because like, my Masora is to make every last thing. <laughs> I lived in the same city as my Bubby and I, you know, I had the most wonderful memories and the most wonderful, you know, I had the most wonderful relationship with her. And so, yeah. It reminds me also of the to don't list. We make to-do lists and make to-don't lists. Like, I'm just, these are things that take a long time, so I'm just not going to do them. I'm not going to even put, I'm just not going to have it. Okay. We're not going to buy it. We're not going to put it into the bigger box. We're just going to have less. Right. And so, again, I'm using a potato kogel more as a metaphor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I don't have potato kogel every, for every Shabbos. I just don't. And that's I might not to know. We have some other delicious, delicious type of food, but for whatever reason, my mishigas is, is that I just don't. I gave it away, and so either I'll buy it, and if if and when I do make the fresh potato kugel shops Hanukkah next week, whatever, then I'm gonna have to plan accordingly so that I'll be able to have this. Okay. I love the, I love the visual of that. Okay. So I really encourage everybody, fill it up, okay? Okay. And back to the question where she said that, how does she make time for herself? How does she tell people? Because I think the question was a little bit different. It's not only where does she find the time for it, but people are having these expectations of her time because that's what they're used to. And so that kind of that transition or helping her, help her family know that she's not going to be doing all those things anymore. So her, yes, her potato kugel could be so much more yummy than gourmet glass, and I'm sure that gourmet glass is wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, how does she, you know, they'll, they'll be disappointed, or she thinks that they'll be disappointed. Right, right. Um, so it goes back to her giving herself oxygen. She's not going to be able to be there for her children if she's collapsing Arab Shabbos. And I'm just using this again in a metaphor. If she's that that um, that other wonderful question, really, they all were wonderful about having time for her teenage daughter. So, using the boxes metaphor, yes, you know. This is her time with her daughter, because she, as her mother, she wants, but if it's the opposite and she has done so much because she couldn't give any of it away, she doesn't have time for her daughter. It just doesn't fit in because, she, you know, the, that huge box is everything and every, for everyone and all the activities and commitments and responsibilities that she has done. So, 
here's what I usually recommend to parents. And again, whether it's elderly parents, whether it's um, children, children at home still, or children who might need more of their time than maybe married children who are away, and I'm not minimizing married children's time either. Um, I've recommended many times to parents is discuss with your child, say, you know, your, whatever you want to say, what you want to talk about with me is the most important thing. And I'm so interested in everything that you have to say. And I really want to share that with you and be there for you. And just because of my work, taking care of, you know, grandparents or taking care of other siblings or whatever it is. So could we think of a time during the week that is works for both of us? And let's think of a time that's really going to, again, be doable. And I am committed, believe neither, to do that. And that time, now again, a parent has to be realistic. She would love to talk to her teenage daughter for an hour every single night. I don't know if that's even enough, but it's just not realistic. She can't. She works, she has to see, she has to work some evening hours. She has simchas to go to. Um, you know, dinners to go to, commitments to go to, whatever it is. So, so she doesn't have that hour every night. She also just might be, you know, plain old, good and tired at night. <laughs> and yeah. just doesn't have the headspace for her daughter. So, honey, I really, really, truly want to give you that time. So let's think of a time that's going to work for both, for both of us. And the two of them should... You know, so nine o'clock in the morning on Sunday is not going to work for the teenage girl. She's sound asleep, <laughs> even though for the, you know, or, you know, nine o'clock in the morning is not going to work. Well, but for her, nine o'clock on Sunday night, when she's trying to catch up on all the things that she doesn't have time for during the week because of whatever. So, you know, nine, 10, 11 o'clock at night on Sunday night is not going to work for her either. So let's work on a time. And I promise, believe that that no cell phone, no house phone, no siblings. <laughs> this is going to be our time. Pure undivided attention. And, you know, during the week, if something comes up, well, you know, here's the box or whatever it is. Here's the notebook. And I want you to write it down. And Again, believe another at our time, whatever you're thinking and whatever you want to talk about, I really want to give you my total undivided attention. And I'm going to look forward to that time. Okay. And, you know, unless it's hospital, a medical emergency, like a true medical emergency, otherwise, this is our time. So I hear that it's about what works well for both and the both and both come up with it just together, not just say that the only time that works for me is 10 o'clock in the morning, make it work. Right, right, right. So, you know, she'll, the, the daughter will say, look, I have 
play practice now. It's production time or whatever. I'm head of, you know, I'm head of song dance or I don't know what. And that right now. So, honey, let's work this out because your thoughts, your what's concerning you, what you'd like to talk to me is utmost importance to me. It is. It's just that it doesn't work. I, it's just at 10 o'clock at night. I don't have the headspace left to, to be able to talk about it with you. I just don't. I would love to, but like, can I and her on, you know, I just can't. You can go walking at six o'clock in the morning with your daughter. You get both of them. <laughs> and again, so for some people it might work, you know? <laughs> I don't know about teenagers. I, I, um, I, I have a swimming addiction. I'm joking. And so I go swimming early in the morning. Um, so I, I have like this time slot and I go from seven to eight. Mm -hmm. I don't always leave the house at seven, whatever. And as I'm driving to go to the swimming, all these Bachram <laughs> are waiting for their bus to pick them up, standing up sound asleep. <laughs> they're holding their tefillin in their hands and their hats on their head and they're swaying because they're sound asleep even though, you know. So uh, typically with teenagers, you know, even like Mikam Chayisra, there are all those boys out there so early in the morning. <laughs> but, you know. And back to that question of the, the woman who everyone has expectations, she believes that everyone is, has expectations from her. And what can you say to her? Back to the self-care, you know, that she needs her oxygen. A beautiful marshal that I like to give is that a woman is like a bear, a well. In, in our world, a bear is a very meaningful metaphor. In the secular world out there, What's a well? It's archaic, it's old fashioned. But in our world, all the Avos, most of the Avos, they went to a Be'er, and that's where they found their wife, right. Moshe Rabbeinu. So a well to give water, Mayim Chayim, it could only work if there's water in the well, and if there's, and the quality of the water is good. So years ago, there was this, I don't know, some kind of scare that a certain type of bottled water could have, was a very small, you know, a millionth or whatever it is, but the water had been contaminated. Every bottle was removed from the shelves. Interesting. Right? Because if the quality of the water is even a suspicion, gone. So our quality has to be okay, you know? But then also there has to be some water. There has to be some water in the well. And if water is constantly being, you know, taken out with ever, without it ever being refilled, what happens? I would also add to that, that it's an assumption and you can actually test the assumption. They may not be as disappointed as you think. Like, it, yes. You know, it's the reality is that it can't be done, but if you're running yourself ragged just because you're afraid that they may be disappointed, right. test it. You know, they may not be as disappointed as you think. 
And I think it's also important to be a good role model because like, how do you feel when you see your daughter being run ragged? How do you feel? How does it feel to you when you see her, you know, doing more than is possible, <laughs> trying to do everything? You know, how does it feel like to you? Well, be a good role model and see how you could do some self-care, how you could give some things away, how you could do all of those kinds of things. And now, look, I get it. Uh, you know, with your own children, they might have new babies, they might have colicky babies, they might have kids going through the terrible twos, some teenagers, whatever it is. And so they do have some challenging times. And I'm not here to tell them, oh, you know, it's easy to snap, you know. Um, but like, you would like say to them, take it easy, you know, just maybe there's something you don't have to do. It's okay to order a box, uh, to order a pizza pie on Thursday night for supper. When Shabbos is so early on Friday and everyone has to have baths and everybody has to still do their homework, whatever. That's what you would tell your children. Give yourself oxygen first. Well, I mean, just to spill on that is that if you're telling your children to get support, then maybe tell yourself to get support. Right. So be a good role model. Absolutely. Be your own, you know. I mean, they're asking you to be their helper, which maybe you were, we are willing to be their helper, but at the expense of you getting a helper. Right. And it's kind of... Uh, yeah. Years ago, um, one of my children, um, my daughter-in-law had to go to uh, Levaya for her grandfather. And it was early in the morning, like, I don't know, nine o'clock or something like that, because the crew was going to be, you know, far away, whatever it was. So she asked me if I could come to help her get the kids out because she had to go early in the morning to the Kura, to the Levaya. And so I was like, sure. I mean, you know, of course, if I could be helpful. So I went. I didn't give the kids baths the night before. I didn't do the homework the night before. You know what I mean? I didn't iron their shirts or whatever it is. Um, I didn't nurse the baby. I didn't do all the laundry. I just went in the morning when all the briefcases were lined up and packed up and, you know, and I just pretty much just kind of got their kids into the coat, their coats on. And if there was somebody who didn't need to finish up breakfast or whatever, I was happy to do that. And I got to work. I was exhausted, <laughs> you know, and this, I did whatever. I put all the kids in the car seat. I had to pick them all, you know, take them to their mora, whatever it is, and take them, drop them off. And, by the time I got to work, you know, I was done. <laughs> so like, again, um, you want to be helpful, but then like, you, you also have your commitments and your elderly parents' commitments to the community. Mm -hmm. So I guess at some point, there maybe make a list of priorities of what you can take off your plate. I mean, commitments to the community versus commitments to your family. There's something right. to consider about which ones. Give it away. And yeah. commitments to the community can be given away yeah. more than your family. When I'm pregnant, I have, now we have a name for it. It's called hyperemesis gravis, HG for short. And that's, uh, you know, very extreme nausea. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I was in the hospital in and out, home IV, and then I had home IV and all, you know, starting. And I remember somebody calling up and saying, you know, we're organizing um, meals for somebody who just had a baby or whatever it was. And I'm thinking, organizing meals? My children are eating air (laughs) because I was so nauseous and I was in and out of the hospital and all those kinds of things. And like, I should make supper for somebody else when my own children are having scrambled eggs for every single night, you know? I think that also comes back to, you don't have to do it just because it was requested of you. Right, right. And I think that as we get to midlife, we see that a little bit more. Maybe when we were younger, we felt more compelled to do what people ask of us. But that's one thing that I'm finding for myself and my and my friends is that we know how to say no a little bit more than we used to. And I think it's worth learning how to say no even more. And that's why I love the concept of the to-don't list. Like right. making meals for other people has made it to my to-don't list. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it will stay there. You know, and that's reminding me of that that question that um, mixing up the papers. Mm, no, that question about here it is. Mm. I'm from a family of several siblings. Somehow, I am the one who's doing much more than the others for my parents. They say that I live the closest and have the most free time, and we could put in anything else. I might have the most income, I might have the most cleaning or help, whatever it is, you know? Um, while this is true, taking care of my, my parents is emotionally taxing. I feel that they're taking advantage of me. And that goes back to, so maybe now making meals for somebody else is on my to-don't list. And I'm able to say no to that. Um, years ago, I had a client who was an only child and had a very difficult relationship with her mother for lots of different reasons. I think she was a Baal's Chuva and her mother never accepted it. And she had a large family, which also her mother, whatever the details were, it's irrelevant, you know? And then her mother got old. And I guess her father died and her mother was truly all alone and had a lot of medical issues. And her mother asked to move in with her. And so she did, you know, she was an only child and she moved in with her and she was just panicked. Like, how was she gonna handle it? You know, she did have a large family now taking care of the mother. The mother was moving from a different city and coming to live with her in a, and a new city for the mother. And she was very committed to doing keyboard, to doing keyboard aim, but she was like panicked. How was she gonna do this? And I said to her in a similar kind of way that look, you need to tell your mother that you are so committed to her care and her well-being, but like taking her for her personal appointments can only be, to be, be between the hours of, I'm making this up. 10 and 2. And so, yes, you're going to, she was committed to taking her, but anything before 10 or after 2, and again, it's about, you know, her mother's going to have to, you know, do it on her own. So she was allowed to, because she said till 10, 
her little kids and the kids needed to get out to school and whatever it was. And after two, that's when the kids started coming home and, you know, she had to be there or whatever. And that would be setting up some limits, trying to do the mitzvah and, uh, and still doing the self-care of knowing what she can do and can't do. And that's not even the self-care, that's just setting up for her family. That's not even right. on herself. Which right. I think it's very commendable that she's taking on a whole new, I mean, of course we do that for our parents, but figuring out where and how and what you're going to take off your plate, like making meals for somebody else or yeah. volunteering for PTA, that may just be off the table for, for the now. Right. You know, and again, even if, even if it's the fun and even if it's rewarding, but you have to make choices, hard right. choices. And they are hard choices. And so, yeah, it's really clear to me now that I don't have to, you know, cook meals for somebody else or whatever it is. And, that, you know, what, what was I thinking? But it's really hard for me in other areas. You know, do I say to my children when they ask to help, can I say no? This is just not going to work for me because of, and it doesn't even need to say because of, I really would love to help you, but I, you know, but I can't really hard to do. But, but, but I'm hearing throughout the whole thing is making sure that you yourself are cared for because it ain't a neely mealy because, right. and decide that you have to have that, the energy. But really, no one will take care of you like you like you need to take care of you. Right. And like no one could take a shower for you. Right. And there is some soul searching here. Like, you know, uh, there's some kind of emergency, but I have to take a manicure. Yeah, it is important to have a manicure, and I'm not here to minimize that. And for some people, I always, the week before Pesach, I do a pedicure. I don't do it very often, but like to sit there for that week before Pesach and just have that pampering. To me, I don't go on Erev Pesach. I don't go on the day before Pesach. I try to do what was in the week before Pesach and just have that time, you know? So also what I'm hearing is then allow yourself. Like don't be the big martyr. Right, right. Because that's a whole different conversation about being the, the, the midlife martyr, which is we'll, we can get to that in another conversation. Right. And, you know, again, that's why uh, I think I try to touch on some of these questions or maybe with some of the, the talking that I did at the beginning um, that, you know, giving yourself oxygen, prioritizing, giving yourself permission to give things away. Um, I think it'd be an interesting conversation to see, like, for, to be creative about what we can give away. I know a friend of mine who's got a personal shopper, I mean, maybe 15 years ago. Now people do it, but 15 years ago, she was like the first person I heard that she had someone mm -hmm. shopping in Costco for her, which is now Instacart. But, you know, like, she uh, was just being creative. And, like, she and her husband decided, like, what is something that she is not, she herself is not needed for, right. that she can give away, but she is needed for, you know, her family, she's needed for the work that she was doing that only she could be doing. Right. And they found all kinds of things, people to do errands. Now it's a little bit more accepted, but she had people take, going to the dry cleaners for her. Like all, all of the things that we now do, 
15 years ago, she and her husband had a long list of things that she wasn't, it didn't have to be her. So I think that maybe it's conversations we can actually talk about and we can continue that conversation in our Facebook group about what things we can give away. Right. I think that would be an interesting conversation. I look forward to that conversation in our Facebook group. Okay. I would also say is that what is the conversation of what can we give away and why do we believe that we can't give something away? And I use that example of Google is that, of course I could give it away, but like, you know, this is like my Bobby over here, you know? And so it's just harder for me to give that away. And there's like so many different like reasons of why we can't, we choose not to give away certain things. And just to say finances is the real thing. So like for those who feel like they can't give it away for finances, it's real and we're not minimizing it. But sometimes we don't give away for other reasons besides finances. So right. it's for those reasons that we're really talking to. Right, right. Um, I had a cleaning lady for 10 years and she just left. And finding a cleaning lady, like this, my former one, she'd been with me for 10 years. So she just would come in and I'd leave the key for her and she did the work. To bring somebody new into my house right now is, I just don't have the time and to, I'm not so comfortable bringing in a brand new person without me being here. So I'm going to have to bite the bullet and get like a company, which cost a fortune, you know, but it's just, it's, there's no other way to do it. I also, I, mean, I don't know the, your cleaning lady, but sometimes we think it's more hassle than it's worth, but the hassle may be more upfront and then it gets into a groove. It's just like, sometimes it's worth talking it through with somebody to see, is it really as big as I think it is? Is it really as hard as I think it is? Because yes, I know starting with a new cleaning lady is exhausting. And I'm just trying to be personal because, yeah. you know, everything that I shared here today is, is the truth. I don't, I don't, but, you know, again, um, and I'm just picking the cleaning lady because this has been an ordeal. It's very hard to find clean ladies here. And so, um, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, but, and, and some people don't have cleaning ladies and that's okay if you feel that you don't need one, but then what are you giving away? Because if the cleaning lady is taking up the cleaning is taking up that box, right? And you're the only one who's doing it. Then what is needs to get out and given away? Right. Okay. And yes. uh, I think that I th I'm really excited to have conversation about that because we can be really creative and there are things that we can do or add to our to-don't list. And I'm really excited about that idea. I, when I heard that, it was like, wow, that is like really an important piece yeah so again i'd like to leave this this metaphor you know this is only what you could do your personal uh hygiene or whatever it is before shabbos and using that and you as a as the mother grandmother daughter sister community member you're the only one who could do that okay so what I'm leaving, what I'm leaving with is a whole bunch of things in my mind of what I can put into that big gourmet glove box. <laughs> yeah, and like pretty big box. 
fill it up. It's so interesting. Uh, it's, it's also an age thing. So I have a lot of clients who are older than me. And um, typically, you know, where I work, if I get uh, some things I'll see on the, the intake, looking for a mature woman. That's me. Okay. So I have women who are older than me. And um, you know, so I have those. Um, and so I use the example of the boxes because our age, we store things in boxes, but younger people store things on the computer and they store everything on flash drives. So <laughs> however you're so that box, fill it up and compress it. Like you could compress all that information on your computer in a little flat and keep filling it up. <laughs> you know? Yes. I, I, all right. All right. Yeah. So this has been very helpful. Okay. Um, if anyone has any other questions on this topic, you can definitely send it to us on the Facebook group or you can send it to us at jewishmidlife at gmail.com. And we could continue this conversation. Um, you can also check out the other things that we have uh, coming up. And we'll be talking about exercise, actually, and nutrition, and all kinds of things that are important to midlife. If you have any questions or topics that you want us to cover, definitely reach out, because this is really for us, by us, and we'll bring in experts to talk about the different topics. Okay. So uh, thank you, Shira. Okay. And I also would like to say that... Um, as you know, as women who are in our stage of life, um, sometimes we feel very alone because some of us might have spouses. If we are, if we do have spouses who might not be in the best of physical health, and the everything for our one woman has to be for that. Some people have children, grandchildren who need that extra support. And so if somebody wants their own personal support, but doesn't feel comfortable, whatever it is, um, I could give you my email address. And that is shira732 at live.com. And you could post it. I'll, post, I'll definitely post it. Shira732 at live, L-I-V-E.com. And if somebody would like to email me um, and see how we could maybe you totally. know, work totally. that out. So yes, please offer we'll that in the show notes also. So pardon? We'll put that in the show notes also in the recording. Okay. So uh, it really has been a privilege, and um, and yes, it was really nice to meet you. Take right. care. Have a good job, and a happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. That's right. Yes. Take right. care. Right. Bye bye.